0: So this is the second message in a series called "The Greater Work." And uh, last week, if you'll recall, we did some we did some pretty heavy digging into reasons why we should pray. And uh, the the reasons why I gave were actually attributes of God, and um, that the two attributes, if you'll remember, uh, they were His sovereignty. We should pray because He's sovereign and His immutability. Uh, his character cannot change, which that's what that means. But he can change his mind, and so uh, as we pray and petition the Lord, and we come into agreement, uh, he w- will change his mind and answer uh, prayer. the The title of this message today is the work of intercession. the The work of intercession, and uh, it sounds boring, maybe, but it's I, I think. Um, I think this is an interesting message, hopefully, that you'll uh, garner a lot out of. And and again, I think we think we know what intercession means and we do our best at it, but it might not be what we think. And, and I want to teach you about what intercession means and so that we're all on the same page about intercession and prayer, because remember, I mentioned to you last week that next week, As part of our invitation time, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to join together for a concentrated time of fasting and praying for the month of February. So we're going to take 29 days, and we're going to fast and pray. And we'll have some guidance for you um, that we'll give to you next week, Um, and uh, hopefully we'll make available on our website. But uh, what I'm what I'll be asking you to do. Is to make a commitment uh, during the invitation time next week to say yes, I'm going to join in uh, and um, with fasting and prayer, and I'm going to commit to uh, choosing uh, something or some things to fast from during this period of time and be accountable to that, and then we're and, and join in in unity and praying, and then I, I'm going to ask you to. Um, Affirm that uh, during the invitation time at the altar on Sunday morning. So I uh, just be preparing for that, um, and and I, I and what I think the series can do is um, prepare us for uh, the time of fasting that we'll uh, anticipate together. Um, so we're we're preparing for that, and I, and if you know what it means, we can be most effective. We're going to pray, and then uh, we're going to begin reading in Romans uh, eight, uh, and then we'll start in verse twenty-eight. Would you Would you pray with me, Father? We're grateful that we have um, the ability to come into your presence, and um, that we can meet together as a body, even on Zoom and through technology. And Holy Spirit, we already know. Um, that you can permeate and you can work through and you can, can you can unite our hearts um, uh, through uh, the internet through online. Uh, you you did so in our early days, and uh, Lord, we're we're grateful for that, and we do ask that you would be with us and that we can feel your spirit where we are. Uh, that you would manifest your presence with us even now, and Lord for. Um, This message, this teaching, God, I pray that it's anointed by you and Lord, I give it fully to you that it would go forth clearly and uh, that we would be encouraged and inspired. Lord, move us with the message today. Move us by the truth of your word and we'll, we'll praise you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to uh, begin uh, reading Romans 8:28 through verse uh, 34. So if you'll look there with me, it says, uh, "And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them." For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And who is he talking about? He's talking about us. And we're joint heirs with Jesus. We're we're children of God. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given, given them right standing, he gave them His glory, and we we talked a little bit about that in our our jointness uh, with the Lord uh, last week, if you'll recall. And it says, well, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Praise God. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us, all won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Verse 34. Let me read that again. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. And I want you to underline this little word. Pleading for us. And, and in uh, many translations, it says interceding for us. Would you underline that? It's either pleading or interceding for us. So uh, here's point number one. Um, if you just have a, you know, if you've got a little piece of paper, I hope you can't come armed to um, take some notes today. Um, the, uh, number one is Jesus does the work of intercession. Jesus does the work of intercession. All right, now I want you to go back to Romans 8, 34, that verse 34. He says, who then will condemn us? No one for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading or interceding for us. There it is right there now. I want you to notice Christ is at the right hand of God. So the right hand of God, we know, is a position of authority and power. So he's sitting at God's right hand, and he's interceding for you and for me. Now, I want to read you another passage. Flip on over to Hebrews chapter 7 that sets all of this up, okay? Hebrews 7, you got a marker there. You're flipping over. Hebrews 7, find verse 20 through 25. Find verse 20 through 25. Okay. So here it is. This new system. Now, what new system is he talking about? He's talking about the new covenant. Okay. Under Jesus was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath. So the old, they, the, the priestly line before was, um, it was without an oath. Verse 21, but there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus, you are a priest forever. Because of this oath, verse 22, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. There's always a priest right there. intercession. There were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. So one died, another priest had to take over. They died, another priest had to take over. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and for all and forever to save those who come to God through him. Now look at this, He lives forever to what's the word to intercede with God on their behalf. So Jesus's work didn't end when he ascended to the father. Jesus came. He died for our sins and he did the work of salvation. Redemption's work was done at the cross, but Jesus's work was not done. His work is not done. So not only did Jesus die to save you. But he ascended, and now Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he is and forever will be interceding for you. That's part of his job. That's what he's doing right now. He's interceding for you and for me right now. What does that mean? What exactly is intercession? So if you're taking notes, I want you to say, what is intercession? Put a question mark there, and I'm going to answer that. Now, I want you to carefully follow what I'm going to say, okay? intercession is not a prayer intercession is actually an action i'm gonna say that again intercession is not a prayer intercession is an action all right now keep following me even though intercession is not a prayer you can pray a prayer of intercession Okay. Even though intercession is not a prayer, you can pray a prayer of intercession. All right. Now let me give you another example that will help frame what I mean. Faith is not a prayer, but you can pray a a prayer of faith. Can't you? You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So faith is not prayer, but you can pray a prayer of faith. Faith is action. Okay. Faith is action. All right. Intercession is also action. And it's the action, here's what it means. It's the action of bringing two parties together. That's what intercession means. It's the action of bringing two parties together. So Jesus did this work of intercession of bringing us together with God the Father. Now, the word intercession, let me teach you a little bit. The word intercession in the Old Testament is the word pagah. Comes 46 times we see that word in the Old Testament, uh, pagah. Most of the time, it's not translated intercession or even intercessor. Instead, it's translated something else that will help us understand its meaning. And I want to show you uh, an, a passage in the Old Testament that uses the word pagah and see if you can get a good meaning. Uh Joshua seventeen ten. I want you to turn there. I'm going to give you just a second to turn. So I'm going to move just a little bit slower because I don't. We don't have the screen to put these um, scriptures on. So I want you to find it in scripture. Okay. Joshua seventeen ten. Joshua seventeen ten. Okay. Now. Joshua 17:10 It says this Southward it was Ephraim's and northward it was Manasseh's and the sea is his border. So he's talking about different areas of land. Okay? Then it says and they met together in Asher on the north and an ashtar on the east. So, you have two different pieces of land, and they meet together. That phrase, and they meet together, is the word paga. and they meet together. All right? Now, there's an English word that can help with the understanding of this word intercession. Okay? So, we're seeing that it's we're seeing it's talking about meeting together. That's how, they, that's how it's used in the Old Testament, meeting together. There's an English word for the word intercession that can also help us understand, and it's the word intersection. When you think of a traffic, you think of intersection, all right? An intersection is where two roads meet together. It's where they come together. That's what intercession is, okay? And I, I just want you to see that. So when we pray a prayer of intercession, here's what happens. We're moving one way and our, our way intersects with God's way. Okay, that's what happens in intercession. All right, here's another, here's another verse and I want to show you that uses the word para that can help clarify even further what intercession means. Flip just a few more pages over to Joshua 19.11. Should be a quick find, Joshua 19.11. I hope it's okay that we're digging a little bit. Okay, hope it's okay. Joshua 19.11. Now, their border, Joshua nineteen eleven says their border went up westward to Marala, and it reached, you can underline that word, Gabasheth, and met underline that word, underline that word, and met the brook east of Jok- Jokneum. So that word reached is the word "paga" and the word "met" is "paga"? Here's the point: in an intercession, when we're interceding, there is an intersection between us and God, but it's also a picture of Him reaching to us and meeting us at that point. See, before before Christ, there was no intercession between God and man. But Jesus Christ did the work of intercession and he reached us and built a bridge so that we could meet with God and that our paths could intersect. See, that's the work of intercession that Jesus did for us. There's two passages in the Old Testament that are prophetically referring to Jesus as being an intercessor. And it's in Isaiah 59 and Isaiah 53. And you don't have to turn there, but I just want you to hear it for a second he saw that there was no man. He was talking about, this is God. God saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. There was no one. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. And then in Isaiah 53, 12, it says, therefore, I will divide a portion with a I will divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his soul into death and he was numbered with transgressors and he bore the sins of many and he made intercession for the transgressors. Now, what are those two verses saying? Here's what they're saying. It's saying that God, the father saw that there was evil everywhere and that there was no sign of justice. There was no hope. There was no one to make it right. So God himself through Jesus took on the work of salvation and made a bridge for tra- for the transgressors that's you and me those are those of us who step over the line who sin for the transgressors to be able to walk across so that we could be cleansed and made right with God see that's what intercession is when we talk about intercession there was a chasm between what's going on in heaven and what's going on in, on earth and it's the it's that bridging of that Jesus did the work of intercession. Here's number two, if you're taking notes. Here's number two. The Holy Spirit does the work of intercession. So point number one was Jesus does the work of intercession. Number two is the Holy Spirit does the work of intercession. All right, now look back at Romans 8.26. 8.26, go back. I'll give you time to go back to Romans 8.26 for just a second. That was one of our main, our main passages at the beginning, Romans 8, 26. He says this, and the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. Now, I want you to underline that word helps, and we'll come back to that word helps in just a second. But the verse continues on, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession. There's that word For us with groanings that we can, that which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the heart, that's the Father, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. So if you're saved, the Holy Spirit is living in you. He's indwelling in you. And the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. So when we pray, the Holy Spirit helps us to make a connection between our will and God's will. And it's the Holy Spirit that can move our hearts in prayer so that we're praying the will of God. All right, now, go back to that word helps, like I said. That word helps, what that really means is when two parties mutually bear a burden. That's what that word means. So that passage is saying that the Holy Spirit joins with us so that together we bring a petition to God. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to help you carry your burdens, whatever they are. He wants to help you carry your burdens to God. And and if you really, if you think about it, that's a really good definition of prayer. Prayer is the transference of burdens, See, if you've got a burden about your health or about your business or your family or your children or a relationship, a certain situation that you're trying to work through, um, if you, if you've got a burden and you go to God and you give him that burden, you're transferring that burden to someone who can bear it for you. There's a scripture that says, cast your burdens on him because he cares about you. See, God wants to carry your burden, and he's the only one who can. We weren't created to carry burdens. See, we weren't built to do that. So if you go into your prayer closet or wherever you pray, and you pray about a burden, but then you walk out still carrying the burden, you really didn't pray. See, you didn't transfer the burden. You just walked up to the Lord, burden in hand, gripped about the burden, and then walked away still carrying it. But see, that's the Holy Spirit's job to help carry that burden and transfer that burden. And this is the work that he does as intercession. Isn't that cool? See, that's the work that the Holy Spirit does. Have you ever been praying about something and you started off praying a certain way? Like, Lord, this person really gets on my nerves the way they act. Will you just just smite them, shut their mouths, knock them down, get them out. Have you ever started praying that way about somebody but after a while, out of the blue, you'll hear yourself in prayer say some things that you weren't even thinking about, like, well, I know, God, that this person acts the way they do because they're hurting. And Lord, I know that they, but they might have a wound that isn't healed. And you start praying, would you heal that wound in them so that they can know peace and freedom? See, that's, if that's ever happened to you, you started praying one way. And then it kind of changed like that. If if that's ever happened to you, guess what? That's the Holy Spirit's guidance in intercession. Now, here's a practical clue. Here's something I want to tell you. When you're praying about something, the Holy Spirit, when he starts working in your prayer, when he starts helping you carry that burden, when he starts doing that, he will lead us to stop praying out of our own understanding, and he'll lead us to start praying a prayers of faith. He'll lead us out of ourselves and praying toward faith. Let me give you an example. Suppose you live far away from the church and the schools that you wanted your kids to be in. And you live far away from your work and you were looking for a house that better fit the needs of your family. That's that's pretty normal, especially around these parts. And you started looking around and you found this house online and it was perfect. It looked perfect. And you drove by it and it looked gorgeous on the outside. And you thought to yourself, this is the house. I love this house. It's this the house I want. And so you started praying, Lord, give us this house. This is the house I want. It's perfect for us. It looks perfect. This is the house I want. And we're asking you to provide us this house. And you start to pray that prayer. But then all of a sudden, your prayer shifts to, Lord, If it's not your will for us to have this house, just give us a lack of peace. And let us find out things maybe that we didn't know about this house and close the door on this house. Now, I know you can't answer me, but I just want you to think. In what ways did your prayer change from, Lord, this is the perfect house. Give us this house to, Lord, if this is not what you want, close the door and don't give me peace about it. See? What happened is, is it changed from your desire about the house based on your understanding about the house to God's desires about the house based on his understanding and his peace about the house. So you might not know why you don't have peace. There have been times that Carolyn and I have, there's been something that we've really wanted. And we've prayed, God, if this is not what you want for us, just just don't give us peace about it. If you want it, give us peace. If you don't, shut the door. Don't give us peace. There have been many times that Carolyn and I, there would have been no earthly reason why we shouldn't have done something or why we shouldn't have bought something. It sounded good on paper, looked good. We had the money for it. We could do it. It wouldn't have been bad. But we, there are times we pray, God, if you don't want us to have us, just give us just a lack of peace. And we might not know why we don't have peace about something, but if the Lord doesn't give us peace about it, then we have to exercise faith that God knows something that you don't. And see, we can't lean on our own understanding. We've got to lean on his understanding. You see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? So um, when you give room for the Holy Spirit to guide your prayers and intercede for you in prayer, he'll meet you where you are. He'll meet you where your prayers are, and he'll guide you to where he is. And that's the work of the intercession that the Holy Spirit does, okay? And your prayers will turn to be centered on faith in Christ. So Jesus does the work of intercession and the Holy Spirit does the work of intercession. Okay, you with me so far? Here's number three. We do the work of intercession, okay? We do the work of intercession. Now, according to scripture, when we pray prayers of intercession, we're building bridges between God and the people that we're praying for. All right. I want to show you a scripture. First Timothy 2.1. Don't turn there. You don't have to turn there. You can just write the, the passage down. 1 Timothy 2.1 and look it up later. But I'll read it to you. And you. Listen. First of all, then he says, I urge that requests prayers intercession and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all people. All right. So he's talking to the two people in the church and he says, first of all, I urge you that requests be made, and prayers and intercession and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all people. Now, the first thing I notice here kind of as a grammar nerd is that uh, intercession is listed in addition to prayers as well as thanksgiving. Did you, did you notice that? its prayers, comma, intercession, comma, thanksgiving comma. So I just noticed the grammar that's used here. Now here's what I want you to know. Since Jesus has done the work of intercession and is sitting at the right hand of God interceding on your behalf right now, and the Holy Spirit is doing the work of intercession by aligning our will with God's will and praying, we now have the capability to do the work of intercession. In other words, We can stand in the gap and build a bridge from heaven to earth to bring together God and his will and the person that we're interceding for. Now, let me give you an example, and I want to share with you how I personally view and practice intercession, and hopefully you'll get a mental picture of what intercession is. Let's say you have a grown child and they're not walking with the Lord. Now, here's how you can intercede for them. And here's how I intercede for people that I know aren't walking with the Lord or don't know the Lord. Here's how I intercede. The first thing is, is you take hold of God. I want you to write that down. When you're interceding for someone, the first thing you do is you take hold of God. The question, how do you take hold of God? That's a good question. When the disciples asked Jesus, when they went to him and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. How should we pray? Jesus said the first thing out of the gate, he says, was honor the Lord. He said, worship. You remember what he said in that famous passage that everybody knows? Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you know what he just said there? Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He says, he, in other words, he's saying, you give worship first. Lord, you're holy and you're supreme. Lord, you're holy and you're supreme. See, so when we take hold of God, you honor him, worship him. That's when we come into a worship service. You know what we, the first thing that we do is we, we worship him. When we come to study the word, we worship the Lord. That's why we take hold of God. You revere him, you praise him, thank him, bless his name. When you come to intercession, when you come to pray, pray to the Lord, Take hold of God. Bless him. Lord, I thank you that you made a bridge for me. Thank you for saving me by your grace, oh God. There's no one else like you, God. God, you're an all-powerful God. You're a merciful God. God, you're great and mighty, most worthy of praise. Take hold of God. That's what that means. You take hold of him. And if you're praying for, say in our example, if you're praying for a, a wayward child or you're praying for someone who doesn't know the Lord, you take hold of the child. You take hold of that person. So you've got the, you've taken hold of the Lord by worshiping him, revering him, honoring him, giving him worth. You're, you're telling him that. And then you take in the other hand that the person that you're praying for and interceding for Lord, I bring little Johnny to you today. Lord, build a hedge of protection around Johnny Lord, Send people to speak truth and influence his life for for your good. Holy Spirit, would you visit Johnny right now and begin to speak to him? Holy Spirit, will you reveal to me what strongholds are gripping Johnny so that I could begin to war in the Spirit against those strongholds and see what happens? Then the Holy Spirit starts to revealing those wounds and strongholds to you as you're praying and those oppressive influences, and you start taking authority over those in the name of Jesus. And you've got Almighty God in one hand, and you've got your your child or you've got that person you're praying for in the other hand and you start praying for intercession between God and your child. And you're praying, God, tear down this spirit of pride over Johnny in Jesus' name. I break the curse of insecurity over my son in Jesus' name. I break a spirit of fear and anger over Johnny or whoever this is in the powerful name of Jesus. And the more you pray and you keep pleading with God, taking hold of God in one hand and the person you're interceding for in the other hand to supernaturally, you do that and pleading with God to supernaturally intervene and do a miracle in this person's life until there is intercession When Johnny runs smack into God because you made an intersection with your prayers. Are you following me? See, that's our work of intercession. That's our work of intercession. Jesus does the work of intercession on our behalf between us and God. He's the one who does that work. He bridges the gap. The Holy Spirit does the work of intercession, aligning our will with the will of God so that we can do the work of intercession on behalf of other people. I believe I've shared a version of this story before, but it's a beautiful picture of intercession and other people who have never heard this story, but I want to read this true actual account to you today and this is how I'm going to end this message. After World War I the United States allocated funds for the orphans in Europe. At one of the orphanages, a very old and thin man brought in a very thin little girl and said, I would like for you to take care of my little girl, please. They asked him if she was his daughter. And when he said yes, they said, we're sorry, but our rules and policies such that we can't take any and any children if one of their parents is still living but he said but i've been in prison camps and now i'm too old and too sick to work so she will die if you don't take care of her and they felt compassion but they told him that their hands were tied and that there was nothing that they could do And the man said to them, you mean if I were dead, you would take care of my little girl and she would live and have food and clothes and a home? And they looked at him and they said, well, according to our policies, yes. And the father picked up his little girl. He hugged her. He kissed her. And then he put her hand in the hand of the man at the desk. And then he said to him, I will arrange it. And he walked out of the orphanage. And he hung himself. Now, here's why I tell you this story. Jesus said to the father one day, you mean if I die, they can live and have a home with you? And God, the father said, yes. And Jesus put my hand in the father's hand and he walked out of heaven and hung on the cross and paid for my sins. He made intercession for us to have a relationship with God. See, Jesus Christ created a way for having a relationship with God, the Father. And he continually to this very moment is continually interceding. He's pleading your case before God, the Father. He's working to connect you to the Father right now in ways that you don't even know. We will never know this side of heaven, how Jesus is working on our behalf right now. He's working for you, whoever you are looking or listening to me right now, you have to believe that Jesus is interceding for you so that he can connect you to God the Father. The Holy Spirit, if he's in you, is guiding you in your actions and prayers for sharing the load of your burdens, carrying them to the throne so you can transfer them there. You know what, if you're not a believer today, Guess what the work of the Holy Spirit is for you? He's still interceding. He's still doing his work. You know what he's doing? He's going to you and he's that little voice that you've heard before and that you might be hearing now that's saying, you need a savior. Let me introduce you to someone who can take away your burdens. Let me introduce you to uh, your savior. He's doing that work of intercession. And because they're both doing that, Jesus is doing his work, the Holy Spirit's doing that, his work. Through Christ, we can do the work of intercession and stand in the gap, praying with authority and power to help others intersect with God the Father. So the question is, Cultivate Church, will you engage in the work of intercession? It's a work. It's a work. Who are you interceding for? Who are you praying for? Who are you praying for that needs to know the Lord? Who are you praying for that has maybe strayed away and that they need to come back? Who are you praying for? Who are you interceding for that there would be an intersection between that person and God? Would you bow with me? Lord, Lord, Funny enough, I have felt your presence, your power, uh, as I've been teaching this message today. And Lord, I'm grateful that you're interceding on my behalf right now, on behalf of everybody that's listening to me. You're pleading our case before God the Father, And you made a way that we can have a relationship with God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for bridging the gap and making a way. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, thank you that you can take my sinful flesh nature, my will, my understanding, and you can guide it and align it. Even when I don't know what to pray, Holy Spirit, thank you for doing the work that I don't know how to do. Thank you for helping carry my burdens to the throne and transferring them there. Lord, thank you for the work that we get to do. And I pray that we would be diligent to stand in the gap and intercede. For those that don't know you, for those that do know you as a personal Lord and Savior, but maybe have just gone away from you for whatever reason. Lord, I pray that we would do the work of intercession, that we would do it, we'd be committed to it, that we would grab you in one hand and the person that we're interceding for in the other, and that we would stand in the gap on their behalf. Thank you, Lord, for that privilege, and thank you for our time together today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.